<laughs> Welcome back, nerds. I am Chad. And I'm Jake, your host this week. Uh, and also this week, we are sponsored by Ray's Energy Drinks. We are also sponsored by Cry Baby Krang's Hot Sauce. <laughs> uh, this week, we do have a little bit of a longer episode for you because we have a very special guest for our Halloween special talking about the paranormal. Uh, he is a broadcast journalist, documentarian, and has even uh, worked on the TV show Ghost Hunters, uh, Bruce Pearson. Yeah. Uh, after that, we are going to talk about Titans, the season finale, and we are also going to talk about Dune, uh, which released on in theaters and HBO Max uh, this week. Friday. and Friday. Fucking fantastic. Oh, so, so good. Uh, let's go into sponsor one, my dude. Uh, well, but first, let's get into it, my dude. Oh, yeah. 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 Remember that time where I said, let's go into sponsor one, but I really meant, let's, let's get, get into, into it. it. <laughs> yeah. I do. Uh, hold on. Look at how unprepared oh, I am. <laughs> look at how unprepared Jake is while I'm he's doing pro- this. Professional. I'm a professional. So, guys, in case you were wondering, this is the All Things Nerd Podcast. <laughs> I guess. Cheers. So, welcome back, everybody, to the All Things Nerd Podcast. You know, your weekly dive into all things that is nerd. Uh... Jake, so this is our Halloween spooktacular. Uh, you do anything spooky fresh this week in preparation uh, for the the All Hallows Eve? We made we carved pumpkins, and we made pumpkin seeds. Um, we went to a '90s party, my co- Amrita's, my cousin Amrita's '90s party, and I did the fucking. Kurt Cobain with the brains blown out. Uh, I yes. did it. Yeah. It was super fucked up. And, uh, that was the first thing that somebody said. It was hilarious. I show, when we got there, someone went, Oh my God, it's Kurt Cobain. And I was like, Sweet, somebody knows who I am. And then I turned around and showed him the back of my head, which had like blood all over it. And somebody was like, Dude, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that will never not be funny. <laughs> Um, other than that, uh, we... But you guys carved pumpkins and stuff like that, right? Yeah, we did pumpkins. We are going to do something for Halloween. I don't know what yet, but what about you? What have you done spectacular this week? Other than scare little kids in your neighborhood. Just because I have a white van. <laughs> I don't. It'll be much funnier when I buy a camper van, though. Um... <laughs> absolutely nothing um it's a very that was so mean i'm sorry it's fine they're like a lot of people have like put like stuff in their windows around the apartment complex of like hey hey come trick or treat and it's like please please don't <laughs> that's that's about it um no i haven't done really anything because i mean there's no outside space at my apartment. There's, like, nothing to, like... Which is a bummer, because I love 
Halloween. Like, I absolutely mm. love Halloween. Um, but even if I were to do something here, like, I don't think that we'd get trick-or-treaters. So, like, kind of yeah, a Yeah, I don't think. I bought a bunch of candy, as you know. Uh, I know, I took a bunch, a bunch of it. Of it. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get any either. Uh, trick-or-treaters. So, I'll just be stuck with a bunch of candy, which isn't the worst thing. So, whatever. Oh, darn. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I <clears throat> buy candy that I like. Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> They're so good. I took a handful, and before I left, they were all gone. And I should have taken a second <laughs> no. handful, but I didn't. Because you're like, those are for the trick-or-treaters. And I was like, how many are you going to have? And you're like, at least more than one. <laughs> I'm not. And I was like, fine, I'll, I'll leave stuff. If they, if they come to my door, they're not going to. Okay. And if they don't come to my door, well, here's what's going to happen. If someone knocks on my door, Rogue, my dog, is going to bark like a fucking maniac. If <laughs> they go through the patio door, before they even get to the fence, Rogue is going to bark like a maniac. So I don't think anyone's going to come here. So what you're saying is I should have like gone through the bag meticulously for the flavors I wanted. <laughs> I'm just, just going to take handfuls take of candy all. and think, I'm sorry, and just throw <laughs> it across the fucking fence. <laughs> what would be hilarious if, if both you and Nick were doing that and we're like, we're sorry. We're, we're sorry. sorry. <laughs> and then I'm just going to take the box of ring pops that I have and just throw them as hard as I can at the parents of the kids. Not the kids, but the parents of the kids. <laughs> yeah. This is what you get. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but so Halloween. They should make. They should make trick or treating fun for parents too. So if this is what I'm gonna do when I own a house, is I'm going to give out either beers or little mini shots. I was gonna say get just a bunch of nips. You know, the the little like Like, shot bottles. Here's some candy for your kid. Here's a shot for you and me. Let's go. Cheers. Uh. And you're going to get through like hammered. You're going to get through like five kids. That sounded wrong. You're going to get through like five trick or treaters. And then you're going to be like, I'm going to turn my lights off. It's <laughs> night night time. Well, I can hand them a beer too and then just cheers them, take a sip and then they can drink the beer while they go on their way, you know? It doesn't yeah. have to be a shot. Well, you time. could have a beer and hand out nips. Ooh, you know, like, see. Ah, yeah. And they'd be like, I need this. This is, why, this is why we click, man. This is why we click. It's not the alternative genitalia that we both seem to have. Uh, it's not a lock and key. <laughs> Any fucking <laughs> ways. <laughs> Sorry. Sponsor numero uno. Oh, no. oh. Yeah, so our first sponsor this week is our uh, our main sponsor, which is uh, Raise Energy Drinks. Fantastic energy drinks that provide uh, zero calorie, zero sugar, zero crash. Energy and uh, drink, you know. Yeah, but they provide so much more than that as well. Like, you know, like protein-packed desserts, a lot of, like pre-workouts and protein powders it they're fantastic really they really are 
So go ahead, listen up. You'll learn how to save 15%. And when we come back, uh, you'll hear from our... You'll get a chance to listen to our interview with Bruce Pearson, who's just fantastic. And Jake is trying to be super unprofessional. I'm trying so hard But just check it out. We'll be right back with uh, Bruce. And honestly, it's a super fascinating interview. So uh, check it out. We'll be right back. What's up, nerds? I wanted to take a minute and talk to you about Ray's Energy, an incredible energy drink that provides max energy with zero crash. Ray's Energy takes a giant leap of faith with instilling a high-quality formula to bring a powerful yet sustained energetic experience to help you push your workouts and focus to the next level. Perfect for anyone at any time and powered by their refresh formula technology, Ray's Energy delivers a performance-enhancing energy drink that aids in multiple different categories that include targeted focus, better recovery time, improved clean energy levels, and a boost in stamina and hydration. But most importantly, every can of Ray's Energy has absolutely zero calories, zero sugar, and zero carbohydrates to give you a smarter and healthier option. So don't settle for an energy drink that contains more sugar and carbohydrates than you can count. Instead, head over to repsports.com. That's R-E-P-P-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com and use the promo code NERDPODCAST at checkout for 15% off your order. Or if you don't know what you want, go ahead and click the link that's in the description to get a $50 sample pack for free. All you do is you cover the cost of shipping. Again, make sure you use promo code NERDPODCAST at checkout to let them know that we sent you. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we've we're super excited. We have a, a very special guest uh, this week. We've got Bruce Pearson, uh, who has been a part of so many incredible things, including Ghost Hunters, um, and so many different like radio shows and broadcasts and stuff like that. So, welcome to the show, Bruce. Well, thank you for having me. It's uh... It's great to be here. I appreciate you guys inviting me on. Thank you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, geez, I don't know where to begin. I, I'm a native of uh, Western New Jersey, uh, Flemington area, where they held the Lindbergh trial. I uh, grew up in rural Hunterdon County. Um, you know, a great, uh, great family, parents, uh, cool, very cool parents. Uh, did a lot of traveling when I was young all over the United States, uh, camping every summer. Uh, Undergraduate degree in New Mexico, which uh, was really an incredible experience. You would have never thought, I never thought that uh, Eastern New Mexico would have afforded me the opportunities and the things that uh, I was able to do and the people I met. Uh, It was really pretty surprising. Then up to Denver, I got uh, my degree in broadcast engineering, uh, FCC licensing, um, and uh, came back to West Jersey in 78, I'm very old, and uh, started a very, very, uh, I mean, I've been extremely lucky, but I've worked very hard. I mean, I've worked, next year will be my 50th year of broadcasting, wow. uh, which is pretty awesome. hard to believe, but I started very early. I started at the, uh, the, the high school as an FM station that uh, we put on the air when I was a sophomore in high school. So technically that's when I started broadcasting. Okay, so sweet. 2022 will be my 50th year. And I, I spent uh, 
over a decade in feature films early on. Um, started in news out in the southwest uh, in uh, New Mexico. Um, got involved in documentary production just by accident. I worked as uh, an evening anchor at the CBS affiliate in Roswell two years before anybody ever heard of Roswell. Uh, and that got me involved in investigative stuff. But I, I worked in, like I said, in features for about 10 years. Um, did about 12 years in network sports. Um, kind of fell on it. George Plumpton. Three years with RCA Americom working on the space shuttle video program. Um, did about 15 years of documentaries all over the world, which is really where my heart is. Um, okay. I spent three years at William Patterson University up in Wayne, New Jersey State University. ran the broadcast center and taught as an adjunct up there. Um, so a lot of live event stuff, uh, touring satellite uplinking, projection work, pretty much the gamut. And on the radio side, um, I guess I've worked it in traditional terms, probably 17 or 18 different stations, all different formats. Uh, Beautiful. So yeah. anyway, that's kind of the Reader's Digest version. How do you jam 50 years of experience into <laughs> yeah. a seconds? Yeah. But it kind of gives you an idea. You know, yeah. I've been very, very fortunate. Uh, the people I've met, I've been all over the world. And uh, I'm very grateful for that. So. Well, we're grateful awesome. to have you on the show. Uh, I think with with Halloween uh, approaching, we're this was going to be kind of uh, well Alan's idea, but to <laughs> go with a little bit of a Halloween based episode, and we're going to sure. kind of ask you some questions about the paranormal and stuff like that. If you're cool with that, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Um, well, I think one of the first ones that I, we talked a little bit about when we were talking with you last week was uh, one of the things that we were curious about is what you thought about um, the fourth dimension and is that what ghosts could be and um, if you've seen the movie Interstellar, I don't know if you have, but they kind of go into the fourth dimension a little bit and we were kind of curious about what your thoughts would be on that. Like, the, it, Do you think the fourth dimension is where ghosts exist because i think there was also albert einstein's theory was that ghosts exist in a dimension that is outside of our three dimensions that we know about well you'll have to reel me in if i start running long because you're fine yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> you know i have been studying this stuff as as a a broadcast journalist and as a broadcast engineer from the nuts and bolts scientific side of it um, and honestly, from the anecdotal side of it, you know, I, I, I taught long form documentaries on it as a college professor. And one of the things I told students was, you know, when you're doing a documentary, it's like building a wall, um, you know, the anecdotal information that people relate to you, especially when, when we talk about paranormal and ghosts, that is repeated thousands and thousands of times. People relate the same kind of experience. I woke up and there was a, a dark shadow standing at the end of the bed and they looked like they were sh shocked to see me as I was them and then they disappeared. So one of the things that I've approached uh, some of the people who are experts in, for example, string theory in the multiverse and the issues that you bring up is can we not see if there's not a common thread a link between the anecdotal evidence, the experiences, the the you know this the stuff that people 
um, view and experience and possible tenets of these theoretical physics models that we're coming up with. You mentioned uh, Albert Einstein. Um, Albert Einstein felt that there was something to this. Uh, you know, he made several statements, and I hope that I'm correct in quoting him. I try to be accurate. You know, um, we, we, for example, experienced time in a linear fashion. He felt that linear, time was not a linear fashion. And this, this goes to the multiverse that everything that could happen would happen in the future, the past, and now are like pages in a book, if you will, and the, the yellow pages lying on top of each other. And we can experience any of those time periods, any of those events, by switching in, in some form or fashion into those pages. Nikola Tesla said that. Okay, the, We just don't, in the most literal sense, we're ignorant of uh, what we're experiencing here. For example, um, and how I illustrate this is we know there's ultraviolet light. We know there's infrared light, uh, you know, in the, in the electromagnetic spectrum. We can't see them, but we know they're there. We see the effects of them. I think that the possibility of, and it goes back to a lot of the teaching in, in the Hindu, uh, in, in uh, yogis and so forth, <laughs> with regard to frequency, Nikola Tesla said this too. You hear people say they're, they're, they move to a higher frequency a lot of time in the religious uh, circles in the various religions. Um, it all comes back to frequency, according to Tesla. If you read his readings and his statements, that and and frankly, from you know six hertz, which is the resonant frequency of the Earth. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but there is a an Earth tone frequency that runs yeah. around six six cycles up through gamma rays. Uh, it, you know, our eyes can only see a, a very small sliver of the electromagnetic spectrum. Our rods and cones are only susceptible. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean it's not out there. And so yeah. I think that there is a persistence of something beyond the biochemical, electrical, you know, goo that we are that makes us run <laughs> um, that does have a persistence. And I could... Uh, uh, Oh, I seem to have lost your video at some That's point. That's okay. Okay, so anyway, let's, let's <laughs> yeah, continue. Jake disappeared for so a anyway, to answer your question, there is too much data, too much scientific data now able to be captured to discredit this or dismiss it out of hand. And I think we're moving closer to having empirical data which substantiates. Um, so... Ask me some questions that would kind of lead me in the direction to answer the kind of things that you guys are interested in hearing about. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of, I mean, you kind of started to touch on it with, you know, like outside of the spectrum of what we can perceive, see and hear. Um, so like in, in your thoughts or opinions, really like what are ghosts? Cause like, you know, there's um, like Jake had, when we were talking about this, Jake had brought up, uh, you know, like the idea of like residual ghosts, you know, where it's kind of like they're like in a loop, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, when we were talking about no, this. No, that's right. Sorry, Resi sorry not to take Residual ghosts who are, yeah. That's where, right. where it's like a, a loop, like everyone, when they encounter inter encounter uh, these uh, beings or spirits or whatever you want to call them, you know, they're, they, everyone sees the same thing. Right, you know, like a little kid bouncing a ball, or the a, yeah. a woman dressed in white that just walks and they're down not the hall. really aware of you, right? But, but then, then there's another kind of ghost where yeah, where you get like 
the the person that wakes up and there's like a dark shadowy figure and they're like oh my god and that figure reacts and then like disappears or you know you see or even with uh is it emf trans right. transmission transmissions uh where you're you know you you ask questions and you get some feedback through the recordings and stuff or like that. Or even like menacing ghosts who or spirits that yeah, like will a, like fuck with you. A poltergeist. Like yeah. what are what are your thoughts or opinions? Like are and poltergeist like, real why or, are there different Yeah, why are there different things? Like what are you what are your thoughts for, like from your research and experiences? Like what what are those things? As uh, I could say this as a broadcast engineer, I have personally recorded uh, the, the EVP is what the terminology EVP. is for the and it is inaudible generally although occasionally there are audible uh, examples of it where recordings are made and you don't hear anything until you bring the noise floor up of the recording 50 or 60 DB and all of a sudden there's res there are verbal responses now that, that brings up a lot of questions first of all um, in the old days, when we started out, this was micro cassette recorders, little handheld recorders, you know, dictation mm -hmm. recorders, and so forth. So, so what was the mechanism? Let's go to the electronics. What was the mechanism by which that was imparted into the tape? Tape is just a piece of plastic with iron oxide on it, and it arranges mm -hmm. it. And then when it plays back, it creates an inductive electrical pulse, which turns into a sound, and that's how you get it. So, how did this entity, this being, whatever you want to term it as, force that change on the audio tape that's one question it gets even more bizarre though today everything's solid state sd drive uh, devices so there is no moving tape there is no uh, iron oxide particles to be rearranged to make sound so how does an incarnate entity which has no vocal cords and sound is produced by the vibration through the air that we our ears pick up and turn back into electrical impulses. So how does that get imparted onto an SD card? And yet the manifestations, the the you know the the evidence remains the same, if you will, the same caliber and quality, obviously from one one investigation to another. Uh, I don't really have an explanation for that, except that energy uh, is pervasive and somehow uh, it manipulates the SD card and gets the sound on there. Now, you could say, well, it's matricing. Many years ago, I worked, uh, I was interviewed for, a, a, I believe it was a History Channel program. The concept of which was just like we, you know, you can lay, when you're a kid, you lay on the ground looking at clouds, you say, oh, that looks like a bunny. Because mm -hmm. your mind, that's part of your of instinctual flight or fight uh, type mm -hmm. of, of the way the, the brain tries to make things fit into uh, something that it recognizes. For example, if you're looking in a dark woods at night and you're, you're a Cro-Magnon man and it turns out to be a saber-toothed tiger, you'd really want to be able to discern that versus a bush because it may save you from being his dinner. So the question was, is that what people that see ghosts are? And clearly, the evidence is so overwhelming now that that's it may be in many cases, and it may be in a lot of cases. It may be in a, the, the bulk. It's not in all cases. The point I'm making is our perception of what we see, especially in people that are not interested in it, are not of you know, the mindset, aren't thinking about it. They're normal people going about their daily routines. That doesn't work. You can't 
you can't utilize that as an excuse for saying, well, they wanted to see a ghost. No, this is, you know, everything from state troopers to, you know, people that are, you know, military pilots and so on and so forth. So to answer your question, yes, there are a number of what they consider categories and people, you know, this is kind of the general consensus. An imprint on time, and this goes to the question of time not being linear, is the um, where we have this loop playing back and forth of the same kind of a, of an event. A residual. Right, a residual okay. haunting. Gettysburg, where you see soldiers marching uh, from, from that horrible battle, perhaps. And there's mm-hmm. been many, many. I mean, you go out there, and, and the park rangers will tell you that there's stuff that they can't explain. It freaks them out. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's not hard to believe if you try to understand this to put yourself in, in I try to put it in real terms that we can understand you know if if you were killed traumatically uh, God forbid in a car accident or some other uh, instantaneous death that certainly was not anticipated um, what happens to your consciousness at that time how do, how does as you as your life as your physical life is snuffed out does your conscience understand that you just got, you know, whacked by a tractor trailer and you're now dead? Or is there as many thousands of cases of, of trauma surgeons and ER people? I, I worked many years as an EMT and a paramedic. I was trained as a paramedic. In, in Me too. Yeah. So <laughs> I went to school how, to be a paramedic. There yeah. you go. So how many – I was trained in Army ROTC out in New Mexico. And how many times – have emergency room nurses or doctors had these ND, you know, uh, near-death experiences where, you know, people have come back after they've checked out three minutes later, five minutes later and said, hey, you know, I didn't think the joke about my hairdo was very funny. Now, they had been dead for seven minutes or they had been dead for 20 minutes and they still heard these type of things. And, and I've interviewed uh, trauma surgeons that have said, that it's not uncommon. How do you explain that? How do you explain the documented, incredibly well-documented cases of children or adults of reincarnation where children had no background? We're talking, I mean, there's one very well-noted case of a, of a child who claimed he was a fire, fighter pilot in World War II and mm-hmm. uh, was on a Jeep carrier at Iwo Jima or Guadalcanal. And they took this guy, this young man, when he was like 12 years old, to a reunion of the pilots off that escort carrier, and he walked right up to the guys in his in his wing and said, "You know, the one guy who was his wingman and saw this theoretically who this guy originally was saw him go down in flames." And he said, yeah, "I know you were with me to the end. I know you said I, I'm not going to leave you." And this guy just broke down. This was documented on film, and this kid had no knowledge of World War yeah. II or the South Pacific or anything. I mean, it goes on and on and on. So. There are documented medical cases, I believe in the AMA journal 100 years ago, where they documented, I don't know, five grams disappear. That is not your last, you know, it's the not your body. The weight of your soul. The right. weight of your soul, yeah. Bingo. Yeah. How do you explain this? Um, so, Mike, I don't have the answers or I wouldn't be here. I'd be rich and, you know, drinking, <laughs> drinking little drinks out of, with you know, with umbrellas in them someplace. But... It's fascinating because, again, I go back to the point that we just don't understand, but we're getting to the point with with electronics where we can begin to document it and and be able to analyze data better than we ever could. I'll say this, and I have not said this on our podcast uh, so far. Um, 
I, about three and a half years ago, died for a while, and I ended up in a wow. coma. I was in a coma for about a month, and I experienced wow. in my head the craziest shit that I could not make up. And I could talk for hours about it. I won't because we're on a time crunch. <laughs> but going back to what you're saying, I who the fuck knows what's going on out there? Because no. I saw and experienced the most real crazy shit that I can't explain. I can't explain it. And yeah. it's so it's wild. It's amazing. And I would only suggest that you, if you can, if you're of a mind, and that's it's totally up to you, that you you put that pen to paper document it is that, it's written down it is it yeah. i promise he, Chad I would he, send it to him and i he haven't has, sent it to him yet yeah. but that's amazing I, yeah. I mean i mean thank goodness you're back yeah but that is i mean you are living proof through your experience of what i'm talking about and i can't yeah. speak to that because i haven't experienced it but there there is a difference between living things and inanimate objects there's a difference between human beings and a horse in yeah. our soul and our the 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 incredible correlation of thought patterns between twins for example um yeah. the, the, these kind of things are well documented i don't have an explanation that's a rhetorical question but the point is there's something going on. It's not all made up. It's not yeah. people that are, you know, whack jobs that are spaced out or, you know, coke addicts or whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of people that experience these um, activities, poltergeists and so on. And it really screws up them personally, their families. They leave their homes and they're normal, regular people until this stuff happens. And I don't know whether there's a greater because of the media and certainly for the last 10 or 15 years, uh, the shows or, or whether there's a greater incidence of these things happening. I never heard of any of this stuff when I was a kid. No, you never heard of anything. Um, so bring me another question so you can keep yeah. it. Going so, so what, uh, in, in addition to like, and I, and I agree with you full heartedly. I, I could talk to you like one-on-one -on -one about this for hours. I guarantee it. I've experienced oh, we it. would we I, would love yeah. like even <laughs> yeah. me who hasn't experienced yeah. it. Like I would love <laughs> yeah. to just like sit down and like do this for hours. Yeah. I find it so fascinating. But, but trying to keep on track <laughs> yeah. and, and with what we're saying, uh, we're at least what we were just talking about. Uh, we would like to know what is, if any, the most intense experience that you have had with a ghost or an entity spirit or even if it was just a not even a ghost in particular but like a something like that a, you were a like, moment just, or the most unsettling yeah. it doesn't even have to be the, like the most like clenching your seat intense but like what was the most like intense or scarier yeah well there's been a number of them I'll, I'll tell you one that and I you know, I don't scare too easily because I, I, I try to look at it. First of all, there's very, very few cases where people have been physically harmed by this phenomenon. Mm -hmm. There have been. So it's not to be discredited. Uh, I was on the I was a trustee for uh, the Red Mill Museum in uh, Hunter, in Clinton, New Jersey, for a number of years. And mm -hmm. um, actually 
did the episode with Ghost Hunters when they came in there, and they and they had some interesting evidence. Now, you know, I always tell people, look, shows are, are are on television to make money and sell advertising, their entertainment, but that doesn't mean that they should all be dismissed as as not being uh, credible at all. Um, but in, in preparation for that meeting, I was going to do some EVP um, in the mill. It's two hundred year, two hundred twenty year old mill. Um, amazing place. It's on the grounds with 10 acres and there's about 10 other buildings in there. There's a quarry there and so on. So it had quite an industrial revolution kind of uh, history with it. I was in there one Sunday afternoon. There was nobody else on the property. It was closed. And uh, we were, I just had a computer with me. I was going to do some EVP stuff. And uh, my, my oldest son was with me who works in television. And we heard the most incredibly loud bang sounded like somebody took a garage door and dropped it on the concrete floor i mean it was almost ear splitting loud and i must have jumped three feet uh i was down on the first floor where the water wheel was and he looked at me and goes geez what fell you know so we went through the entire building and could find absolutely nothing, no door that slammed or, and it was so loud that the, at that time, the administrative assistant was in the uh, administration building, was about a hundred feet away inside, finishing up some paperwork that she had to do. I believe she was taking time off the next week. And she came over and she knocked on the door. The, bill, the mill was locked up. We were in there and she came in and she goes, what happened? What, what was it? it? Sounded like a gunshot or something. I said, I don't know. She said, well, it clearly came out of the building. And she said, I thought you guys might've gotten hurt or something. A wall fell or so. That's how, so strange and, and so contained in terms of the scenario and the circumstances, it definitely got my attention. But let me tell you another thing that happened. Um, a couple years later, on a Sunday again, I was down there after a Saturday overnight. Uh, we would we would literally rent the place out to investigative groups to come in and do investigations. It was a good fundraiser for the mill and a lot. We had so literally in the same place, same place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just because it, it, you know it, the reference is there. It's uh, fuck, fuck. I keep the, moving it in my table. <laughs> that's like okay. <laughs> so. I am, uh, the end of the day, I'm getting ready to lock up. There's nobody in the building. I've verified that. that all, all three floors are empty. There's no light. It's, it's dusk. And I hear the most horrible, moanful man's moaning for at least 10 or 15 seconds. And it was loud. It was, it, it was sad and creepy uh, this kind of a thing that went on for 10 or 15 seconds it was so loud that when it stopped it echoed for a second or a second and a half I don't know if you're an audio guy you, you understand it's like wow this was like what the heck there are no speaker systems in there we don't have any uh, you know audio tours or any of that I said so somebody's in here jerking me around so I went to the third floor I walked every inch of the building and could find nothing. But here's where, and this again, as I'm connecting dots that may or may not need to be connected, 
we had just opened up an exhibit on the second floor, which was uh, an exhibit of practices for the mentally ill, and it had had exhibits from Greystone there. We had some of the shackles where the uh, the patients were shackled to the wall, some of the electroshock theory pictures and and instruments from doing lobotomies and stuff. That was the only thing that was different there. Um, and I'll never forget that because I'll tell you what, that still makes the hair go up on the back of my neck. There was mm. no way to explain um, it. I think that's actually a really good segue into our last couple questions is sure. that we wanted to uh, uh, share with you. A co- We're both believers, huge yeah. believers. And uh, we both wanted to share with you uh, at least one experience that we have both had. Please do. I'd love to separately. hear it. And I, Chad, you go first. You, And then we want to yeah. know what you think about that experience. So go ahead, Chad. So when I was younger, I was very religious. We won't get into that. But for a long time growing up, I was like, ooh, demons. Like, this was a demon thing. Now that I've gotten older and I don't necessarily believe what I believed, I'm like, I still can't deny that this event happened, but now I'm just curious as to what someone who has knowledge would think. So one summer, I was a a counselor at at a camp, and I just couldn't sleep one night, so I was like, it's early, I'm going to go watch the sunrise over the lake, you know, whatever. I went out there, it was like four in the morning, sitting out there, I was just, you know, relaxing, waiting for the sun to come up, and I just like felt this eerie presence. Like, it just did not, I did not feel like I was alone anymore. No one was around me, and I was like, this is creepy. I don't feel right. Also, mind you, back then I was like, I was at a church camp. I was like, the devil's working. Uh, but I just felt really uncomfortable, so I like got up and started walking back to my cabin. There were like lights all on one side of the path, no lights on the other side. It was just like, if the lights weren't on, it would just be black. And I was walking so like I could see my shadow, off to the left and as i started walking down this pathway there was another shadow going towards the light that i could like visually see and it was like reaching out for me and i just remember getting freaked out and basically running back to my cabin because i was like based on like lighting and everything like that shadow should not have existed i was not alone like based on your experiences i mean nothing ever touched me I just felt uneasy, but like, what, I guess, what does it mean? <laughs> In your opinion, this, not yeah. actually. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, and it's worth everything you're paying for it. But let me, let me tell you this. And this, this is, this is after a good 40 years of, of, uh, not full-time investigation. I mean, you know, we all got to live in the real world and earn a living, but, I am of the opinion, and, and a lot of this is based on empirical fact also, that if you could turn a light switch, first of all, it doesn't have to be a 200-year-old building, Halloween Eve, and a full moon at, at midnight. There is a lot more activity historically and documented uh, activity at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I think there's a, there's a number of reasons for that, not the, not the least of which is it's quiet and we're able to pick up the evidence and record it now that's kind of if i understand correctly correct me if i'm wrong that's kind of the time when you had this experience just before sunrise three four in the morning 
Um, yeah. I think, and I have been to enough places. It doesn't have to be an old. It could be a brand new office complex. Uh, it could be, um, you know, in the middle of, of uh, a bus station. It could, as we've seen, you know, evidence of expert, uh, uh, people that have done investigations. I think if you could turn a light switch and discern whatever these entities are, every place would look like a, the waiting room of a, you know, of, of a railroad station. That mm-hmm. there's, I think we are surrounded. I think, you know, you were very religious. We're told that our angels, our family members, our deceased relatives and friends are all watching us, are all, they just can't interact with us unless it's an extraordinary circumstance. I think that's a very reasonable um, conclusion to come to based on the anecdotal evidence. What did you see? You saw a shadow. People hear voices. They hear you know, stuff that people couldn't possibly make up because they don't know these people, but there's something said, there's something that happens. Um, so I, back I, to your question, I think that if the truth were known, if we could flip a switch and now perceive these entities, these spirits, these people, these angels, whatever you want to term them, that we're up to our elbows. We don't bump into them because there's there, the matter does not, you know, connect itself. We don't see them, and we only occasionally perceive they're there. And I think that – I'll give you an analogy. So who was that? What was that that you saw? You Obviously, you were not in the mindset, Chad, of I'm thinking about ghosts or we just watched Halloween or you know any of that. So your mind wasn't focused on that, looking for some type of evidence that conformed with what you were thinking about consciously. So that's not an answer, um, but something happened to you. The the physics of the light and the shadow were contrary, if I understand your ex- explanation, to what should have happened. Yeah. So I don't have an explanation for it. But here's what I tell people: you know, and it's the skeptics. It's the same of any unexplained phenomenon. So look, I don't expect you to believe me. If your if your dad came in and said, you know. I'm not drinking. You know, I'm not a nutcase. I'm a normal guy. I just saw a Revolutionary War soldier walk through that wall mm. as plain mm. as day. You'd say, Dad, I love you. I know you're not a nut. But how can I relate that to my daily life experience? <clears throat> the other side of that coin is, and I have talked to hundreds of people that have said, you know what? Once it happens and what people have a lot of reactions either they shut it out of their mind they don't want to deal with it so they just just they dispel it and say nothing happened i don't want to talk about it or more than than numerous times most times people say you know what i know what i saw i know what i experienced you can never ever tell me that my view of life in this world and what we are will ever be the same it's a game changer yeah. Now, I don't have an answer. I don't know what that means, but I will never look at my my existence in the same way again. And I think it goes back to where I'm at. I find it fascinating. I don't have all the answers. Mm. But yeah. the fact that you can never go back and put that genie in a bottle once it happens. It happened to you. You'll never forget that experience. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and I don't know what it is. And the fact that it's across the world. It's not oh, just yeah. like an American thing. We're no, just it's not a American. cultural thing. Yeah. yeah. No, it's literally there are stories 
over the globe of uh what and I'm gonna talk about just mine for a minute, but like and thanks I for in, sharing that. I mean, but I don't know yeah. what it is. But you experience I can't tell you you didn't experience because that you know. But nobody's gonna talk you out of it. Say, look, I don't give a damn whether you like yeah. it or not. Yeah. I don't think I don't care what you say about me. I know what I saw, I know what happened, I know how it how it affected me, and I will never get it out of my mind. It's in my soul now that it happened. Yeah. I lived in a, I lived in a house in uh, Saint Paul, West Saint Paul, and there were multiple things. What uh, one of the first things was I was I traveled for work, and I was out of town. I was in California. I came back, and my roommate and I worked different shifts. So he was he worked mm-hmm. at night. I worked during the day, so we never ran into each other. It was great. Uh, <laughs> I came ho- I came home. And with like my duffel bag in hand and, you know, and he's like, where were you? And I was like, yeah, I've been in California for like three days. I left a note on the fridge for you. And he was like, what? He's like, I've been hearing you upstairs because my bedroom was upstairs uh, for the past like couple of days, like walking around back. And forth. Not me, he's baby. Like, <laughs> I was like, it wasn't me. And that there was this weird there right by the stairs is this attic door. So my room was the attic room. Right, if you can if you can imagine, sure, three story there walk was, up. There was this little like latch that you put on this door right at the top of the stairs. A little cool, yeah. Hook, like a, right? Yeah, like a storage or whatever. Yeah, and, and like one of those sliding uh, bolts that you find in like public oh, toilets, yeah, slide, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, slide lock. Yeah, okay. And gotcha. I would go when I would wake up to go to work in the morning. That door with the bolt would be undone, and the door would be open like that far. And it would make me so uneasy to like walk past that door because I would latch it Watch every it. time. And it was like multiple times. And then his girlfriend who lived with us while I was at work, I came home one day and my laundry that I had left in the dryer was like all over the floor, like right outside my door. And I was like, Jesus, she must be pissed at me Yeah, right. for leaving my shit in the dryer. And I was like, hey, what the hell? And she was like, oh, my God, thank God you're home. And I was like, why did you throw my fucking laundry all over the floor? And she's like, I didn't. I did. But she's like, you, were, you weren't you were here. Charlie wasn't here. That was my roommate. And she's like, I opened your door to, like, bring your clothes upstairs for you. And somebody pulled the door out of my hands and closed it. And she was like, I threw your shit in the air. <laughs> And I ran downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> and so when well, I let me tell up, you though, but I mean, could you imagine experiencing that? Her, that would yeah. so oh, freak yeah. you out. Yeah. That how could you ever not have that in your mind yeah. after that? All well, kidding aside, and it's it was not all up funny, in my man. room, which is like the craziest part. Is all up in my room where I fucking lived. It was weird. Yeah. Let me share something with you, and I've told this to many people. And a lot of people don't want to go near it. But if you really want to see how pervasive, and the easiest thing to do is the EVP. Go to, well, if you want to, go to Walmart, buy a $29 Sony digital recorder, little tiny little recorder. That's all you need. Put, put an SD card in it for 15 bucks. buy a couple AA batteries, and I don't care where you do it. Do it in your house. Do it in your office. When there's nobody there, just turn it on and let it record for 12 hours. Nope. Put a headset in it, <laughs> crank it up, and listen. I'm good. And I'll tell you what. I mean, I have done that so many places where people are like, 
I don't really wish you hadn't told me this. Let me answer some other questions, if I may. But I, 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 once again, you cannot tell people that have had an experience that are normal, rational people that it didn't happen. They know what they experienced. It may not Mm. be the explanation or how it happened the way they may think or that we know how it happened, but it they experienced it. Yeah, and of yeah. course, there are times when you, your your imagination, or you wake up, you're half asleep or something, and uh, yeah. you could get confused. But that, not all of them. Go ahead. What, what would you guys like to ask me? I think yeah. that I think that's, I mean that's pretty much it. That's everything I mean, we. That's everything that we wrote down just because, like yeah. we had said, this is only like a forty minute show. Um, yeah, we we definitely kind of hit our time, but I mean, I think that everything that we went over was yeah. so good that like yeah. People can just deal with a slightly longer episode this week. That's fine. And it, and if you're willing, we would love to have you back on. I'd for, love to. Yeah. But this let me say something that I think yeah. needs to be said. And I, I say it every time I do an interview as, as much as I can. And that is, I don't have all the answers. The sun doesn't rise and set on me on this stuff. And, yeah. and I don't ask people. I don't try to convince people of anything. I, I yeah. to me, it's fascinating. Um, I don't, I'm not so full of myself that I think I have observed and I have investigated. I have been very, very lucky to go all over the world and do things that a lot of people don't have the option. But just because I say it doesn't mean that that's valid or relevant or true or correct. And, and I would never be so arrogant as to tell people, well, I got the answer and this is what it is. What I would say is if you have an open mind, there are a lot of fascinating things out there that to me and you guys, exploring this stuff i think that discussing it is so far ahead of what we did when i was a kid i mean that stuff was net it was all science fiction movies and you know creature feature nonsense and that's fine it's entertainment there's a place for that too but i think there's a place where science and these investigations can come together and Mm -hmm. to me that's that's mind-blowing because that allows me to spend some of my time and not have to worry about paying taxes or what's the price of milk this week and the, the normal crap we all have to go through in life on a day-to-day basis. It gives me a reason to say there's so many more things that are beyond, mind-blowingly interesting out there that, to me, that distraction is a positive thing. And I and, and once again, I, I never discredit anybody. I never tell them what to think. But I think that we're coming to the realization that it is real. There is something going yeah. on. We just don't have the answers. I, I just want yeah. to say that. I don't want people I to would, think I'm a guru I actually, and I know everything yeah. about everything because I'm not. <laughs> I thank you guys for having me on. I, yeah. It's, uh, it's great meeting you guys. It really yeah. is. Yeah. And this with that, with that, Bruce, how do how can people find you online that are interested oh, in these well, things? Like, you know, what what are some things that you're currently working on? How can people find you on like social media? If you're on social media. Yeah, like, I, I am on Facebook. You know, here's the thing. I have never really tried to promote myself as far as that. I mean, I, I, people have I've been very gratified and humbled by people asking me to be on these shows and stuff. But I'm not much of a self-promoter because I don't think that's the that's not the that's not the job of a journalist or an investigator in my perspective. And and so to answer your question, um, I give you my email. I guess it's uh, Pearson Media Group at Gmail. That's really, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Tell us the Gmail. Yeah, yeah Pearson Media Group at gmail.com. At gmail.com. All right, guys. And, you, and I'm on Facebook, Bruce Pearson. You could find me there. 
yeah. see my ugly mug. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, guys, for, for our listeners, anybody who is interested in learning more or maybe having a conversation yeah. with Bruce, now you know where to find him. Give him an email or find him on Facebook. And, yeah, this has been I'll a lot of fun. I'll try to get back to you as quickly and as, as efficiently as possible. I'm usually running – way too much yeah so if i don't get back to you it's not because i'm being rude or dismissing you it's just i haven't you know i haven't plowed through the field yet so. <laughs> well again we would really love to have you back on the show anytime a lot of fun. thank you uh we're gonna I wish you guys the out. best hey back yeah. at you thank, thank you. you so much for being a See, part of this right. bruce and we look forward Thanks to talking to you in the future thank you have a good night bruce thank you guys yeah. be safe thank all right you. you too bye right. all right guys uh that was an awesome interview uh thank you bruce again for coming on the show uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, we do have, if you guys want to check out the unedited version of that interview, please check out our Patreon. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. Um, on top of that, we're going to go to our um, second sponsor, which is Crybaby Craig's. Uh, it's a pickled habanero and garlic hot sauce that goes on practically anything. Uh, listen up. Hey you nerds, do you love spice? Supporting small businesses? What about enhancing the flavor of your favorite foods? If you said yes to any of those, our good friends over at Crybaby Craig's have the perfect solution for you. Crybaby Craig's is a pickled habanero and garlic hot sauce that goes perfectly with your favorite foods, adding the perfect amount of spice and enhancing the flavor of everything it touches. Started in Minneapolis by Craig back in 2012, Crybaby Craig's has become a Minneapolis and Minnesota staple in the sauce world. So head over to crybabycraigs.com and order yours today. All right, guys. Uh, Welcome back. Thank you for sticking through that interview. I hope that you guys found it as fascinating as we did. That was Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I want to have him back on. We we will have him back on, and we we talked to him for much more than what you guys got a chance to listen to. Yeah. So if you found it interesting, head over to our Patreon at right there at any level of giving, you will get that full unabridged interview. Just yeah, it was so much fun to to get a chance to talk with Bruce. Um. With that being said, uh, we we did promise that we were going to talk a little bit about Titans in the season finale, but also Dune came out this week. So we're going to talk about both. We're going to start with Titans uh, so that we end on a, a great note. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> it wasn't terrible. It just also wasn't great, but it has me excited for the future. Yeah. Then we'll talk about Dune later. So, yeah. Uh, Jake. It, uh, uh, <laughs> just Titans. Um, they exist. It was the most, it was the best mediocre season finale that you could ask for. It was like, yeah, it's the season finale. They're going to do something awesome. And then you were like, well, they did something. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. 
<laughs> we we do get a chance to see uh, Tim Drake kind of step up, and by that I mean he throws like one jumping kick and a a punch. Both of them did damage, but like a nat fifteen for your D and D players out there, like. We, I think we it, just have to accept that he's gonna be a part of the show, and it's like, you know. But man. so far, it's been super underwhelming. I would really like to see uh, Damien become a part of the show. Dude, can you imagine like a a ten to twelve year old just like fucking shit up and just like owning everybody? Think, like just beating the shit out of Nightwing would be amazing. Like a little yeah. kid, hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, the show ended with, um, I mean, Scarecrow gets defeated, because of course what? he did. What? Oh, but they did kind of do something cool with him in the end, where he was like, "Prison, whatever. I've been in prison before," and then Dick is like, "Um, not like this." And then Rachel Raven. Dun, 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 comes in and basically like bam, 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 bam. gives a gives him like a brain std where he's like because i guess we didn't really go over this uh <clears throat> in order to like save gotham from the the death toxin i guess they basically took the water from the lazarus pit but able to do that to use it raven had to absorb all of the negative yeah. life that had gone into it before. So she was just kind of like holding it, you know, like a, a backup magazine or like a a Debbie Downer grenade. Yeah. And so she just like vomits into uh, Scarecrow's uh, <laughs> mouth hole. Mm. with all those negative things that have happened in the Lazarus pit, they were downplaying it because it wasn't done in a super cinematic, like exciting way. It was a great, it was a great episode. It was a really good season. They just took too long to explain everything that happened. There was probably like three episodes that didn't need to be in this season. Yeah, so they could have kept it at ten episodes per season like they have for the first two. Yeah. And we got the... I still love this show. Oh, yeah. We shit on this show, or actually... We shit on everything. We we only shit on this season. Uh, I think that the, the, the biggest thing for me was that or you and I, we've talked about this multiple times, is that at the, there, this is our third season with this show, and every single fucking season, Dick Grayson is like, I'm gonna do everything by myself because these kids aren't ready to like do shit, and then he gets his fucking ass kicked, and then at the season finale, he's like, All right, we're stronger together. But then season two rolls around and he's like, I'm going to do everything by myself. Gets his ass kicked. And then he's like, oh, God, we're stronger together. And then this season, we're like, oh, thank God Dick's done doing this dumb shit. And he's like, 
I'm gonna do everything myself. <laughs> and he gets fucking killed, comes back to life. Literally like, bodied. Get everybody, get everybody together. We're stronger together. And it's like, can you please fucking stop doing this? See, like, what blew my mind in this season, because I was like, he's going to be smarter. And then for some reason, I don't know if everybody saw this or if it was just me. He just, like, put on a red shirt and was like, hello, Captain Kirk. I I volunteer. Like I was like, I don't remember putting on a red shirt, but no, I see where you went with it, yeah. Yeah, he just, like, come on, like. Yeah. He's like, hey, I'm going to blow kryptonite in Connor's face. The strongest person in my group. And also, like, like, the number one person in the finale that helped, I don't know, fucking save, like, hundreds of people that, you know, died. Anyways, Mm. hopefully season four, when he says, uh, let's get everyone together, he actually means that. Um, we're gonna move on. From yeah, this but it'll be guys. like the eighth or ninth episode when he really means it. Um, but for those I of actually, you, that, for I, those I of you, you that don't know, the <clears throat> Titans have been confirmed for for a fourth season. Um, I I love the show. It's just that there's a lot of little things that just piss us off. I'm really hoping, and don't get me wrong, I love uh, the. What's his name? Justin Thwaites? Something Thwaites. That that plays Dick Grayson? Yeah. Um, I know his last name's Thwaites. I don't like, remember whatever. his name. He's <laughs> he's an Aussie actor, but like he I'm, he fills I, the role really well. Well, I really hope he dies. Because Nightwing is not a Titan. But he still exists. I just hope that, like, eventually he, titan, he just kind of, like, goes away. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm with, like, Tim Drake coming in and then... Hopefully Damien. And hopefully Damien. But Fuck also, Drake. also oh. with that, Tim Drake in the comics does just, like, he dies. We did see Tim Drake die and then come back in this season. <clears throat> but, like, in the comics, like, Tim Drake is just, like... He dead. Like, OMG dead. Like, yeah. real dead. Like, D-E-D dead. Just dead. We gotta he move on. Dead. We gotta move on. Yeah, we can move on. This is so a bigger, better thing that came out. Dune. Oh my fucking god. Dune. Dune. Timothy. Timothy. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. You're a sexy little 17-year-old-looking kid, all right? He's definitely older than that, but... <laughs> so it's he, not weird that Jake said that. <laughs> the point is, he's a handsome guy. And, and Dune was incredible. This movie was so fucking good. Uh, the only qualm... I'm going to use qualm in every episode we do now. Expected, <laughs> guys. The only qualm I have with this... Sorry, Mom? <laughs> for using vocabulary or like sexualizing a kid who looks like he's like 17 well uh, you're not calling him by his name <laughs> I'm sorry kidding. sorry on both accounts for that because i'm sorry for all of this i'm actually very straight i have a girlfriend and uh i'm not attracted to little boys uh 
I'm I'm sorry for referencing a movie that promotes underage lovers between this this old movie men. is awesome, but my qualm with it is that they are definitely dragging the fucking shit out of this movie. Uh, the entire first half of this movie could have been summed up in like 20 minutes. Everything important that happened happened in the second half of the movie. Uh, which was amazing. I was. I mean, the first half of the movie was still amazing. Don't get me wrong, but it could yeah, have been done like, in a quarter of the time. If you, if any of you are, are as old as me, I'm 34. You remember this movie when we were kids? It was an awesome movie at the time. Patrick Stewart's in this movie. It was fucking amazing. But it was one movie. <laughs> They Granted, they rushed that movie. They literally took the first like quarter or maybe a little more of this movie and put it into two and a half hours. Two and a half hours of an original like movie. It's see it's a lot this, of this is where I disagree. I have you seen the original? I have. It was a long time ago. I haven't like rewatched it in fuck years. But I mean, the the original novel had a lot of because it you're taking a lot of words for backstory, right? I don't think that this the Dune series needs to be 3 plus movies. Two movies I I get. Well, it's not a series. I know they're gonna make it. A, they're gonna. Well, the the book was, was a. The book was one book. The movie right. was one movie. There is no series. They're but, making it a series. But the original movie, the, I mean, granted, the a lot of the backstory that they did very quickly, but the way that they concluded it was also very quickly. So, like, I can see this being two movies. But they're projecting it for three or more. That's too much. Yeah. Do it in two movies. I would be happy with that. I would love yeah. that. Is I I can deal I, with like you said the first half of this movie was told, very and I and I think slow. I told you before that before either of us watched this movie I was like I hope to God it's one movie and they don't try to drag this out. Into yeah. and then I saw it and I was like, and they said part one. Like five minutes into the movie goes part one, and I was like, oh god damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and like for the most part, I can live with a part one and part two. That would be fine. I'd be cool. With I'd like be a okay but, with that. Because they're just gonna take little details and stretch them from like this is what it needs to be. And this is what they're going to fucking make it. And it's like, stop. We don't need all of that weird and, shit in there. And the thing that should be this, if they expanded it to this, I'm happy. Because, like, you get a little bit more backstory. Because, like, as I was telling you, as, like, I watched this, like, the first half of the movie, I was like, there's a lot of, like backstory and building and stuff like that and i was like there's a lot going on like i kind of get it i'm sure it'll be explained 
and then it was explained and then it just like ended and i was like yeah. well i would have liked to see more other other than shitting on it uh this movie was what we do it was fucking so incredible good. the cinematography was amazing and i cannot express this to anybody enough go to the theaters go back to the theaters i saw this in dolby digital which means that the fucking floor, my seat, everything was shaking every time a fucking ship took off. I felt like I was in a spaceship. I Both I watched it from theaters. home. I streamed it, and I was like, this is incredible. I need to experience this in, like, a full theater situation. Yeah. So I'm going to go see it in the next, like, two days uh, again. Yeah. And... I, and I'll do vice versa. I'll probably... I think my... I think my girlfriend wants to watch it. I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll watch it. <laughs> um, but yeah. it was so amazing in the theater, on the big screen. You guys got to get back to the theaters and watch us. If you're vaccinated, you're safe to go to the theaters. If you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated, go to the theaters. Or go if to a theater not, where you just have to wear a mask. Yeah. If you're... For whatever reason, uh, against that, we're not going to talk on that. But get vaccinated or wear a mask, and then go see this in the theaters. Because, like, honestly, it was like, yeah, I don't even have that big of a TV. It was incredible to watch. I want to see it again. I, I don't have special speakers, and the the score. It was it was Hans Zimmer. Yeah, Hans Zimmer did the scoring did. for this. He turned Dark Knight movies, and yeah. he turned. He's been a huge influence on so many Christopher Nolan films that he literally turned down working on Tenet for Christopher Nolan to do the score for this film. Like absolutely incredible. Hans Zimmer yeah. also, if I'm not mistaken mistaken uh did a lot of the lord of the rings composing also the cast in this movie is insane batista uh uh stellan skarsgård yeah stellan skarsgård tell me zendaya uh who else oscar uh, isaac Oscar Isaac, fucking what's Aquaman? What's his name? <laughs> Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Uh, wait, I mean it's insane. Oh, uh, um, Josh Brolin. Um, Josh Brolin, as as well as Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, Rebecca who Ferguson. Pl- who yeah. plays Timothy's mom, uh, yeah. Paul's mom. Yeah. Uh, it's insane. Incredible. The, like the it's so. Crazy. Stacked. Um, oh, I always get them confused. It's not Benicio del Toro. Um, oh huh? my god. Uh, Javier Bardem. Oh yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. why I always like... get them confused, but I do because they're very <laughs> different. But Javier Bardem is wow because they're both Mexican. Wow, that's super hurtful. Racist. No, it's because they're both incredible actors, yeah. and they're they're so they're such expressive actors with such limited dialogue, but Javier Bardem is in this as well, and it's just good, it's good so recovery. Good recovery. so good. 
It's the honest truth. If I was just mistaken because they look alike, I would admit it. I'm just being an asshole. I'm sorry. Clearly. Um, (laughs) But no, like the the cast and crew on this is incredible. And it's just. Yeah, it's great. Great movie. Go go check it out. If, I, if you're in a I position see, to go see in the theaters, please do that. I seriously urge you to go see this in the theaters. Please give these actors and producers and everybody that works on these movies the fucking credit also, they deserve. Also, that's how we're going to get the full story is if they, if they the make theater. the money that they need to fund the next couple. Yeah. So yeah. go see it in the theaters. If you have to wear a mask, if you have to go someplace that requires a vaccination, go do it. Just just do it and be done with it and see incredible filmmaking at its finest. This is honestly like after watching it, like the the feelings that I had was the same as after watching like Lord of the Rings in middle school. Mm-hmm. Like in theaters, like I was just like you I, just want I more. wanted yeah. more, and it was yeah. so well done. Like I was, this movie I literally was like checking my watch. So good. And like every time, like something cool had happened, I was like, "Don't end, don't end, don't end, don't end." And I was like <laughs> looking at my watch, and then when I got close to like the time that it was gonna like end, I was like, "Don't you fucking do it!" And then it ended, and I was like, "God damn it!" Like I knew they were gonna fucking end it right there, you bastards. Yeah, the uh, movie yeah. is two and a half hours long. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. Like, yeah. honestly, like, yeah. for for all the shit that we threw on this at the start of talking about it, about our, qual- Only in the first our, half. our qualms, it just, it qualms. starts a little slow. I love it. It's such a fun word. I, I think, think there's qualms. an L in the world, qualm. I think it's qualm. <laughs> qualm, qualm. Either way. We, we put a lot of emphasis, like, as to how slow it started, but this movie, in the grand scheme of things, is just so yeah. good, and I just want more of it. Yeah. Go check it out. Uh, we're going to close this episode out. But before we do, there are a few things we want to talk to you about. One of those being, if you guys were were as intrigued as we were with that uh, interview with uh, Bruce. Uh, the full interview will be up on our Patreon. So head over to our Patreon at any level of giving that you guys decide to give to, to, to us. It helps promote and produce everything that we do. Uh, you'll get that full unedited interview which is it's just absolutely fascinating this guy knows so much and has experienced so much and then on top of that we also have you know our web store which has an another way that you guys can give and support us because everything that we make from this show we just put right back into it for giveaways we don't make new any merch. money from this yeah absolutely zero uh, but yeah. So with that being said, uh, Jake, why don't you go, go ahead and close us out. This has been the All Things Nerd podcast, and we love I'm you. Drunk.
And I'm drunk. Sorry, guys. That's, That's the point fine. of this podcast. Love you guys.